Welcome to the International Baseball Community Podcast, episode number five. Today I'm very excited about interviewing Owen Ozenich. Owen is a French-born player who grew up in the U.S. playing baseball in Vermont. After finishing up his college career at the University of Vermont, Owen decided to take his game to the international level over to France. With the Huskies, Owen has won two French championships and was also an integral part of their success in 2012 and making it to the European Cup Final Four. During the past two off-seasons, Owen has taken his game to Australia and has also donned the jersey for the French national team at the World Baseball Classic and Qualifier in Florida in 2012. Owen, welcome to the podcast, and I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day uh, to uh, to have set up this interview. Yeah, no problem, David. Thank you for uh, having me, and uh, look forward to it. So, uh, I, before I know you've you've been around, you've experienced a lot of things the last few years, uh, but I wanted to, to just kind of start with. Uh, with Ruin and your experience in France, uh, being a, a French-born and then raised in the U.S., you had the opportunity to go over to France. Uh, how did that come about? Did you always plan on one day, yeah, I'm going to go travel to France and take advantage of that, or or did you, uh, you know, just yeah, kind of question. Um, I actually didn't know about baseball in France until probably – uh, maybe a year or so before the end of my uh, college in the U.S. Yep. And so I was just, you know, surfing the web, uh, saw Mr. Baseball, kind of looked into it a little bit further. And, um, yeah, meanwhile, the Huskies have been winning, you know, the past uh, decade or so, the French League. And um, so figured that would be a, a good team to start off with and to send them a message and uh, see if they were interested. And thankfully they were. And I guess um, it's gone pretty well the last two years and this will be my third year over in France again yeah so uh, it, yeah that that's obviously something that they were probably happy that they received that email from you because uh, being able to uh, qualify for the dual citizenship you play as a, a you don't play as a foreigner you play as a, a just any other French player would and uh, so how does that work where is there a contract or anything or did you just say hey I'm coming over and if you can give me a couch then um, I'm there's, a player yeah there's there's a contract. It's um, it's more verbal rather than written. However, um, they do send you like an email, just basically outlining um, what the team will provide. And I guess it's kind of um, pretty standard across Europe, where for imports they basically provide uh, round trip airfare, housing. Uh, I know in in Rouen they provide a tram pass to get around the city and uh, yeah. a tram pass to work out with as well. Okay. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, is there a small, just a small income with that as well, or, or yeah, they- yeah, um, they do pay the uh, the foreign players, and um, it's not too much, but it's enough to live on, and uh, you know, it's more it's more a cultural experience rather than doing it for the money. I guess you know, um, with a college degree, you can you can probably find a lot better paying jobs, but. As far as, you know, cultural experience and just having a good time and continuing to play baseball, it's probably, you know, hard to beat. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of guys are jealous of your situation, being able to play the game you love and travel around the world. And, uh, you know, and now that, that brought you to France to start with. And, uh, you know, you picked you picked the team that seemed to be to, to be uh, the most successful there, the Ruin Huskies. And I, I interviewed recently uh, Chris Metzger, who was your teammate last year. 
and that was his first year in, in playing ball in Europe, and uh, it was quite a successful season. You've been there two yeah. years now, right? So 2011, 2012, and won two champions with, with the Huskies. And like you said, uh, they're, they've been quite successful. They won nine out of the last ten years. So I was kind of hoping maybe I could get a little bit into uh, how are they so successful because I know that the, in the regular season they, they're not necessarily dominating. Like in 2011, they finished third, I believe, in the standings in the regular season, but then it ended up winning. Uh, and last year, I you know I know like they're not walking through the competition, but yet consistently right. they seem to come home with the title. So what what are they doing in ruin? Or is there something in the wa- drinking water, or, or what is it? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, I'm not too sure that there's one specific answer, but um, I'd say you know having a combination of veterans who've been around and um, they're pretty clutch when it comes down to it. When a playoff start, they kind of uh, you know step up their game a little bit and realize that this is what they're playing for. Um, during the regular season, maybe uh, the club kind of integrates some of the younger uh, players in a little bit, and then when it really comes down to it, they, uh, you know, figure out how to get a win um, in the playoffs and in the challenge and other competitions like that, like the European Cup and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, as far as what we do differently from other teams, um, I'm not too sure that there's I'm not really familiar with other um, teams, but I'd say it's pretty similar. It's just, you know, it's a fine line between, I guess, winning and losing. Thankfully, uh, we've won. Yeah, well, you know, I, yeah, I, did, I did my research a little bit, and I noticed there's a lot of veteran players and guys that have been around quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that obviously raises the question in the near future, those guys will be moving on and, the, and the, they'll be passing the torch on to some of the younger generation. So they must be working hard with the youth program and everything. Um, how does that look on yeah. a week-to-week basis? Or, or, you know, as far as, uh, you know, how often are, are you guys practicing and is everybody showing up and is it a good team practice every week or is it kind of like other parts in Europe that I'm familiar with where, you know, one day you'll get five guys show up and the next day you'll, you'll have 20 guys show up. So is there more consistency maybe there? Uh, what's right. your take on that? Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I know, you know, obviously a lot of the, the French guys have jobs and they're sure in Austria and other parts of Europe, you know, the local guys, they all have jobs. So, it's tough to make um, practices like you know all the time for them. Um, what's good about what uh, what's happening in Wuhan is that the local academy, um, the under 21s, under 18s, they share the field with us. Um, so there's always it always seems like there's somebody at the field, um, whether you know it's certain guys from our team who are usually there, and then guys who are uh, locals who play at the academy and live at the academy. They're always there, so. There's always somebody at the field to, to practice and play with. Um, we usually have two or three scheduled practices per week, uh, depending on if we're playing uh, away or home. We'll have, we'll have uh, three if we're home and two if we have to travel on Saturday um, to go away. So, okay. Yeah. So then, so then uh, you know, you you decided in the off season that you're gonna you're gonna look into Australia. Uh, so how did you go about that? Did you know somebody that knows somebody, or same kind of deal? You just started sending out emails, or um, it was a little bit different for that uh, for the Australia gig. Um, so for, before the 2011 going into 2012 um, season in Australia, uh, I got the chance to meet uh, Paul Mildren, who's a 
pitcher, a professional pitcher in Australia, and he uh, played minor league and uh, was actually helping out with the French national team as our pitching coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I spoke with him um, briefly, and he just mentioned, you know, playing in Australia, and it would be a good thing for me, like, uh, you know, continuing to pitch year-round and also hitting as well. And uh, so, yeah, but then after that, he basically uh, contacted a couple clubs, and we exchanged emails, and uh, it worked out well. And Australia's a blast. You know, the competition's really good. The weather's perfect, you know, to mm-hmm. continue finding ground. Uh, yeah. I definitely recommend it. I think it, interested. Yeah, I'm very jealous of that. I, I backpacked uh, on the uh, East Coast in, in Australia years back, but uh, just, yeah, I'd love to have the opportunity to do something like that. Now, my time's up now, but... Yeah, if I were if I were your age, and I, that's my recommendation to anybody listening to this podcast is try to get try to get out to Australia. I know they're probably playing year round with that weather, and uh, yeah, it's just just to get that pitching and hitting in all year round is is a great thing to right. do as well. Yeah, and so speaking of that, you're you're doing you're on both ends of of uh, on the field there. You're 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 actually a, a, a utility player, I guess, in a sense because you're playing position and you're you're pitching. So. Uh, and you put up some some pretty good numbers since you've been in France as well, and uh, and then I think you got to swing the bat in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. So so that was that uh, kind of a dip uh, a new to you, or were you always doing that? Um, you know, growing up, I was always playing infield actually, um, and I didn't pitch until basically my last year of high school, and uh, did did well through strikes, and um, you know, made it as a walk on. Uh, to the college team in Vermont at the University of Vermont, and um, then kind of stopped stopped hitting for a couple of years. But uh, you know, picking it up again um, hasn't been too too difficult. I guess uh, just you know, more hitting is, is like a lot of timing and stuff. So the the timing's the most difficult part. But once you get that, it's, yeah. I guess it's kind of like riding a bike. You know, it's just. Uh, if you practice, you know, you'll get it. That's what it comes down to, just repetition, just hit, get out there yeah. and hit as much as you can. Um, yeah, that's right. So getting back to Australia, you, you played in the South Australian Baseball League to begin with, and then you got called up to the Adelaide Bite. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have really no clue what the what the South Australian Baseball League is, is, is like or the level of, of competition or the uh, number of imports in the league, but I know the majority of the listeners to this podcast would be interested in the opportunities in Australia. So uh, I guess this is kind of like a second division Australia in Australia. And uh, so within within the, the South Australian Baseball League, there's quite a few teams I've noticed uh, – is there typically like one or two imports per team? Do you, would you say or? Yeah, I would say yeah, about one or two imports per team. Um, I think they're allowed two imports on the field at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some teams might have three and use one of those as a pitcher. Yeah. Um, the level of competition is actually really good, and um, in the South Australian Baseball League, uh, I'd say it's you know a, a little bit higher than the French league, um, maybe similar to. Uh, baseball in Germany from, from what I've uh, heard speaking with a couple of guys mm-hmm. um, but it's interesting you know, all these guys all the Australian guys who play on the bike and the other teams in the, in the ABL they also have a, like a local club team that they came up through and um, played all their youth baseball in and uh, so they play on those teams when they're not busy with the bike so you know it's interesting you know one, one week you'll be facing guys who are like on the Australian national team and then other weeks you'll be facing um, 
like up and coming like 16, 17 year old guys who are just you know yeah. playing baseball, hoping hoping to get noticed, and uh, and another week you'll be playing you know guys who have jobs you know on the side, same thing you know they work and then they'll be coming to the field and I mean they're still they're still really good you know it's just uh, it's just interesting to see that that variety of uh, levels and talent and whatnot. Okay, so I, so what you're saying, some of the some of the guys playing in the ABL, are they kind of are they sent down, or they choose to come down, and they're playing on on, on the ABL and the self ABL at the same time, and, and you'll sometimes yeah, right. They play some, they play both teams at the same time. Um, the Australian guys, uh, they get to choose, they get to pick, you know, and obviously they usually end up picking playing with the white or the ABL team. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the import, since the team basically pay for them to get down there and uh, put them up in a home and pay for their flight. They basically are committed to playing for the, the club team in the in the, in the, FAB, the South Australian League. Okay. So that's interesting. So an Austrian-born Australian born player could could choose any of the clubs. There's not like a farm team system then, I guess. It's more... Like right, exactly. And some guys, you know, some guys will see move from one club to another, um... Like over a couple of years, they'll they'll switch clubs a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Just basically, you know, depending on I guess their personal preference or um, things like that. So you were you said uh, you you mentioned how the South ABL um, is maybe comparable to to uh, the D one league in Germany, which I know that's not an easy comparison to make sometimes. But uh, uh, so but you played. I'm not sure how much, but a little bit for the Adelaide Bite as well. Is there any way you can? Is there any way to make a comparison to to anything that you're familiar with, as far as um, the level of baseball is concerned? Yeah, it was definitely probably the highest level uh, that I personally ever played at. Um, I'd say you know it's just based off of the guys who are on the team. You know, there there are about eight imports on that team, and most of those guys are signed. Most, if not all, those guys are signed. And, Single A, double A, triple A. Um, I know there are even guys in the major leagues who play in the off season um, in the ABL. So, and then you know, then there are guys like me who are just you know playing for fun in the SABL, doing well and get called up or whatever. Yep. Um, it might be more similar to like single A or like uh, the Dutch league, the Italian league, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, staying with Australia. I know that in in Austria and France, for example, there a lot of the locals really don't know anything about baseball. Maybe we'll be lucky if we get fifty to a hundred fans out to a game. Uh, what's it like in Australia? Are, you know, are are I know like in the in the ABL, I'm pretty sure that they're they're doing quite well. But uh, yeah, how many fans? Uh, what kind of recognition of the game? Like, is there a lot, a lot of people coming out? Yeah, for sure. Um... Australians are really like a, a knowledgeable baseball fan. You know, they follow it um, a lot online and on television. And uh, I'd say like a typical ABL game will have about a thousand fans, maybe two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, the lower the SABL, they get I don't know maybe a hundred, mm-hmm. and then more so on big big games or things like that. But yeah, people that definitely know a lot more about baseball in Australia than they do in uh, in France, from what I've noticed. Yeah, so it sounds like maybe baseball, the sport of baseball, is growing in Australia as well, from what I've from what I've heard and, and what it seems from what you've said. Okay, so um, maybe bringing it over uh, 
being a, a now that you have dual citizenship, you threw on uh, the France jersey and represented France uh, in the World Baseball Classic, didn't you? And the qualifier in Florida, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was that was really like a dream come true. You know, just uh, I was born in France, and um, I I always wanted to play for the national team. Once I once I found out they had one, and um, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. Um, Eric Gagne was our pitching coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think six or seven of the guys from the Huskies team uh, ended up playing on that World Baseball Classic qualifier as well. And uh, it was good, you know, just playing at a minor league ballpark, you know, on uh, MLB.tv or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, was just, it was just a good experience. And uh, it's, too bad. it's too bad we uh, we couldn't win a game. I think, you know, if we played uh, South Africa again, you know, we, we would beat them um, it was too bad, you know, that we couldn't pull that one out. And uh, but overall, it's just a really good game. So you started that game, didn't you? I read a little bit about it. I don't really know what happened, other than you lost an extra innings. You pitched three scoreless innings, but I, I guess because of the, the the limit on the innings you can pitch and everything, uh, you had to come out. But at some point, it went into extra innings, and and you ended up losing to South Africa. Yeah, quite a game. Um, it was raining on and off all day, and. Uh, I think there was about an hour delay just before the first pitch, and um, then it was delayed, I think, after nine. Uh, we were tied up, and uh, it was raining. It was late, and so they pushed it back the next day. Yeah. And um, we came back, and South Africa ended up you know, scoring a couple runs right away and, uh, yeah, taking the game. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting you know, how it unfolded, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I bet you can't wait to throw on the the jersey again for France. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, program is this year for um, for the national team. I, you know, every every other year it's the European Championship, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which this, this past year coincided with the qualifiers and then World Baseball Classic. I think it's every four years. So this year should be a little bit lighter schedule, but um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be something. That's pretty cool. So a couple of years ago, you were playing ball in the U.S., find out that there's baseball in France, decide you're going to look into it, and next thing you know, you're you're playing in, in the World Baseball Classic qualifier. So that's pretty 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 cool. Uh, so, yeah, you last year was a pretty successful year in Ruin again uh, after I was talking to Chris in that, in that interview. And uh, you guys uh, made it to – well, first of all, you won, you won the – what's it called, the Championship of France. And then you won mm-hmm. the, the French Championship, which are two different things, I guess. One's a tournament. The other one is... Yeah, the, cha- the Challenge the Challenge of France. Challenge to France, that's what it is, yeah. Uh, so you, yeah. And you were named the best pitcher of that, I think, in 2011. Uh, and then, uh, you know, last year you, you, you guys won that again, and then you won the French Championship. And then uh, with uh, in the Euro Cup, you made it to the Final Four, which is the first time a French team ever did that. Uh, did you pitch in, in somewhere in that Final Four? Were you pitching? Yeah, uh, the final four was just two games. Um, the first game against uh, the Italian team, we lost, I think, 4 nothing, And then the second game um, was for third place, and we lost 8-7 to Amsterdam. Uh, that was the game I, I pitched the Amsterdam game. Um, mm-hmm. That was probably the toughest lineup um, I've ever gone up against, um, at least definitely in Europe. Uh, you know, they had a lot of depth and a lot of, um, you know, big, strong power hitters. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think they had maybe three or four guys who 
ended up playing with, uh, with the Netherlands on their WBC team this, uh, this spring. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was cool, you know, just watching the World Baseball Classic this spring, you know, seeing guys who we faced and... Uh, Saying, I struck that guy team. out, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, that's, that's no, they cool. Had a, they had a strong team. Yeah. Now, that's it's quite quite a bit you've accomplished in a, in a short period of time because I think it was only in 2011 where your international baseball career kind of started, and since then you've you've you know you've played in the uh, World Baseball Classic, you've been to Australia, you've been to Europe, you've been playing in the Euro Cup against top Italian teams and and uh, teams from and Dutch teams, so it's it's pretty impressive resume just in a couple of years. So I guess you you have quite a bright future in international baseball and. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate appreciate your time, and uh, I hope to maybe catch up with you when you're in, in France. And uh, I'm thinking of hopping on the bullet train or whatever it is from Austria and coming over and maybe catching a, 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 a Rouen game. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll meet up. All right, well, thank you, uh, Dave. It was great uh, doing this interview with you, and I hope, uh, you know, anyone who gets that, that itch to go keep playing baseball goes for it because you never you never know what can happen and uh, it's always a good time too. Yeah, excellent. Good good advice. Thanks, Owen. And uh, once again, I appreciate your time and have a safe trip to uh, to Ruin. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll catch up this summer. All right, thanks, Dave. All right, take care. Well, that wraps up my interview with Owen Ozenich. A great inspirational story, to say the least, uh, and hopefully motivated a few of you to pursue international careers. Since the interview, I contacted Owen because I realized I missed a a rather important question about the South Australian Baseball League uh, with regards to contracts, the typical contract, and and what they pay and what the duties are. And uh, from what he he knows, uh, he says the top few teams maybe pay a little bit of money, but for the most part, most teams uh, just set a player up with some accommodations and uh, provide a job quite often. So... uh, that's about it, and uh, yeah, we hope to see you back on the podcast listening to my next interview with uh, another Owen. This is this time it's Owen Reed, and uh, he'll be providing more information on Australian baseball. He's been there a couple of years uh, with the Perth Heat organization uh, in the management end of things, and he's also been on the field. Uh, and if you have not created your profile yet on my website, I recommend doing so head over to www.internationalbaseballcommunity.com and get started right now. Otherwise, take care and see you next time.